Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. We're back, everyone. Hello, hello. Hi. We're excited to, again, continue our series of our not-so-obvious sins. And today, we are talking about fear and anxiety. If we're... We say that every week. If we are being honest... Samantha and I left this one for more of the end of our series because I think we were a bit intimidated to have this conversation. We're excited about it, but we also just want our intentions and our desire for this conversation to be really pure and just really focused and intentional about the type of fear and anxiety that we're talking about. Well, I think if we're really thinking about this too, I would say this is the number one thing that I hear girls, friends, even myself, like talk about most in their life is struggling with fear and mainly anxiety. And so I think it's really important, but I also think it's really sensitive. You know, I was listening to, as we were kind of prepping for this episode, a podcast, and it was talking about how during COVID, there was an article that came out by the New York Times that was like, I don't know, stating like, New study shows anxiety levels are up like 98%. If you're not anxious, what's wrong with you? And it was kind of saying like, because of all the chaos in our world, we've almost put anxiety almost as this like character trait of if you care about justice, if you care about things being right in the world, if you care about all these wrong things happening at all, then of course you'll be anxious. Like if you're not anxious, you're actually probably like a bad person. Mm -hmm. That's again, what the world is kind of telling us or how we should think about anxiety. And so it's almost giving us maybe a little bit of an excuse to kind of say like, well, yeah, of course I'm anxious. Like look what I'm going through and just kind of sit in that rather than like really look at what the Bible says about anxiety and how God wants us to be living inside of that and battling against it. And so kind of just starting out with the definition of what anxiety is. So the same podcast that we definitely want to give credit to, it's by Culture Matters. They did a series about mental health and one of the episodes was about anxiety. And I love the way that this man defined it. He said, it's basically when we assume about the future, what we don't know, and then try to protect ourselves from that future with control that we don't have. So in other words, say it again. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, listen closely. I had to like really listen. We use our fears to fill in what we don't know about the future and then try to protect ourselves from that future by going outside of what we control or what we can control. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. So good. We both loved this definition. Again, we like love this podcast. We will make sure to give them all the credit. And we hope that you guys go listen to that one as well. But I just think that's such a good definition. Because I think when we're talking about anxiety, Samantha and I want to be really careful that we understand that there is anxiety that is formed from some sort of suffering that you have endured or a situation you have walked through or just a trauma that you have been a part of, mental health, that psychologically that there is anxiety that we think counseling and medicine and doctors should be a part of and you should be pursuing those things. And so that is not what we're talking about here, though. If there's a kind of a spectrum of anxiety, we're talking about, though, the anxiety that comes from sin. And 
in that kind of picking those two types of anxiety apart, that does take some self-reflection and just self-awareness of like what side of the spectrum am I on and where am I sitting that in Mm -hmm. my anxiety? Well, and to kind of reiterate what Christian's saying, like we don't want to just be these Christian girls that are telling you that if you are severely battling a psychological anxiety condition that we just want you to say some verses and think that you should pray a little bit harder for your like heart palpitations to go away. (laughs) Like we are fully recognizing that there is like a medical form a sickness that goes along with certain mental health diseases like anxiety that just like if you had a brain tumor, we wouldn't be telling you to, you know, just take some deep breaths and like you're obviously not praying hard enough. Like Mm -hmm. we are not saying that. We both have friends who like daily battle very hard anxiety and we think if you want medication and need medication, that is like we're supporting all that. So I just want to make that so clear because I just think there's probably been a lot of harm in the past by a Christian culture that can take things like anxiety and just say that you're just not a good Christian if you're struggling with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have anything else? No, to but to I was going to say to like go back to that definition though. I think what we're talking about here though is I'm sure we can all identify a time in our life where we took our assumed future projection or our idea of the future and kind of like wrapped our control and fears around what that could possibly look like with really nothing that we can control. And that is the anxiety that we are talking about that obviously just like shrinks your view of who God is, what he can do, but also then like elevates us to a place that we are not supposed to be in. And so it's that sort of anxiety that you know, causes that fear in our life about something we ultimately can't control. Well, and so that brings up our next really good point. So anxiety and fear are basically really wrapped up with one another. And I actually didn't kind of realize this until we were discussing it, but you really can't have anxiety without fear. So just to start on the fear side of things, I think in our culture, we have almost viewed fear as this super negative thing. Whereas like, you know, fear is an emotion that is kind of biblical and that in a lot of ways there's healthy ways to be fearful. And so maybe it's not that fear is such a negative sinful thing, but that like when that fear turns from a healthy fear to anxiety. So for example, like we're told to fear God, to have this healthy fear. I think we're given fear to Mm -hmm. kind of help dictate like choices we make where it kind of goes along with our common sense our gut instinct like you know if I wasn't scared of anything I might just be putting myself in dangerous Mm -hmm. situations Mm -hmm. or whatever so that was a really big eye-opening thing to me recently of just like wow like it's not that fearing things is bad it's when it goes across that line and turns into these anxious things that fear drives us into these hyper controlling things and our bodies literally have a physical response from it. And then we're so far from that maybe healthy fear. Mm -hmm. That makes me laugh because I'm like, gosh, like it is comforting to know that we were created by a God who made us with emotion that made us with brains that process information certain ways. And then like, send signals to the rest of our body to like do things. And so I'm thinking, I'm like, if we weren't fearful, we would literally be like walking through the woods and come upon a bear and we'd be like, not a care in the world. Exactly. <laughs> totally fine. And like, we don't no, have th- that like, self-regulation. Yes. Yeah. Like that is a good thing. Like our minds are wired that way because obviously we need that. Mm-hmm. And God created us that way, which is just a funny example. But yeah. And I think it's also good, you know, as we were reading in the Bible, specifically talking through the Sermon on the Mount, which is when God is, you know, speaking and giving a lot of like really awesome commandments, but pretty intense, like, no, this is what I'm telling you to do. And he talks about having fears and anxiety. And specifically, he says, you know, I am hope I don't mess this up. I'm quoting this, but he talks about like, don't be anxious about anything, about the clothes you'll wear, the food you will eat. It's like he was speaking in a cultural context. He knew that's what those people were going to be stressed about. 
And so he even mentions like, it's okay to be fearful about like, okay, I do hope that I'm able to eat and like to pray and ask for those things and those basic Mm -hmm. needs. But it's like when that turns to this obsessive, you know, just compulsively, obsessively thinking about those things and not trusting that God will provide for those. So it's like, it's okay to ask for those things or to worry about not having them, but where does that cross the line? Mm -hmm. And I love that too, because even in those verses, literally they start out as a commandment of do not be anxious. And so even in that statement, Jesus himself is saying like, I know you will be anxious about these things. Like I know because I created you, you will experience anxiety about worrying about your clothing, worrying about your food, worrying about like shelter, worrying about your life. And he is calling us right there into, no, but like you are going to turn to me in those things. And so I love that though, because we obviously are made by someone who knows us and knows that anxiety is going to be a part of what we feel in that way. Yeah. I'm thinking of another verse that's do not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, submit your request to God. And so he's saying like, no, I'm telling you, I'm here for you to ask those things. I'm here for you to not be anxious because you can put all of that on me. Like I'm going to carry that for you. Mm -hmm. So I think it's actually a really big comfort. Again, it can sound, I think, in a Christian world a little bit like, okay, well, that sounds great. But what do I do when I'm actually spiraling in a panic attack. Like it's not that simple for me Mm -hmm. to just like pray and ask God to Mm -hmm. take care of my thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for sure, easier said than done. I think when Samantha and I were kind of talking about this fear and anxiety, a lot of it pointed back to comfort and our fear in this idea of how our culture and just our world today idolizes this idea of comfort. You know, nowhere in the Bible do we see examples of necessarily like comfortable living (laughs) or it's not a normal thing when comfortable living is a when it's talked about it is talked about in a blessing and how the lord has like you know given all of these things to these people as blessings but most often you know we don't see examples of comfort in the bible no one's worrying about they are like worrying about what they are going to eat they're going out and shepherding their flocks and you know they are like doing all of these things to fight those like fears of like we need to provide but comfort is not a thing it's not like we're going to ask for comfort and that's the ultimate goal and so i think in that way we have to kind of take that idea to a lot of our anxieties and fears that we have because again in that definition of fearing what could be and what's out of our control, I think most of us could probably take that down to this idea of comfort. And we want to be comfortable. We want to live lives that we think are good and comfortable instead of actually what God may want for our lives. Yeah. I mean, again, to kind of summarize that too, it's like, I think we have to stop having the expectation, having like the base level of our life be that everything is perfect and fine. Because if you think about anxiety, maybe that's because when that isn't the baseline anymore, our minds and our hearts and our spirits feel chaotic because our baseline is nothing we've ever been told would happen. And so I actually think as Christians, we should think of our baseline of honestly being the worst case scenario in our life. And anything good that comes is just like, wow, that's such a blessing. But as Christians, especially I think in this American Christianity culture, we think of it totally opposite. And so I'm really fighting against that too, to think, okay, where in my life do I see times where I just expect comfort instead of God actually tells us it's the opposite way. And so I shouldn't be so surprised when really hard things do pop up and I'm feeling scared out of my mind or anxious about it. 
Yeah. And that's convicting for me because I could go through many times that most of my anxiety or the things I think about or the things I spend my like thought on are probably making sure that, yeah, me and my family are comfortable or things are set up well or that plan's going to go well or my expectation is that it's going to be good when like that's not necessarily what we're promised. Yeah. You know, okay. I kind of want to think through like, what do you think some of the things or tell me what for you are some of the things that you're most often like fearful of or anxious about? I think for sure. I mean, it sounds like a little bit cliche, but I think for sure, like my marriage and losing my husband or my kids and losing my kids, I think very like I don't know, like surface level of just like, yeah, like financially, like, are we being set up for success? And so those three are probably like big ones. Mm -hmm. I think for me, just like, again, comfort of my lifestyle and financial stuff, and then comfort of just like having my favorite people here and nothing bad happening to them. Yeah. I think for most women, like losing your spouse or losing a parent, we kind of talked about earlier, if you're not married or yeah, losing a kid, I think is just thinking through worst case scenario. I also think like health as someone who had cancer three times in my childhood, and I still have a lot of like health things that I have to battle. I think I often think of like, okay, what if my cancer comes back or just hearing friends who maybe haven't ever had anything medical happen, like, you know, feeling really anxious about any kind of maybe bump that pops up on your body and going to the really worst case scenario, like, well, I probably have cancer and I probably have Mm -hmm. like two weeks to live kind of thing. (laughs) I feel like it's kind of funny because as women, I think we all relate to that. Well, I went on WebMD and it says I'm dying. (laughs) I'm dying. Let me say goodbye right now. And so I think this is kind of interesting, but something that's been really helpful for me in life and a good way to kind of check things and we can kind of go into it more is thinking like, okay, if that worst case scenario thing happened, if you know, my husband's on a ski trip right now. I was kind of being morbid with Christian just a minute ago. I was like, if I got a phone call right now that he died tragically, would it be devastating? Would it be like probably the worst day of my life? Absolutely. But I can confidently say at this point right now, I would be fine. Like I really know I would be fine. And I was saying that because I was reflecting back to early in my marriage when I was having like a series of like nightmares and I would wake up in the middle of the night and think about Justin dying or like have this fear of losing him and actually feeling like my chest tightened up and like honestly not being able to comprehend how I ever could walk through something like that. And I genuinely think through growing in my faith, feeling really, I don't know, just like abiding in who God is and knowing that, yeah, worst case scenario, things do happen for people, but that he is still God and he would still be with me. I can honestly say I feel freedom in knowing like whatever I endure, I trust that he'll still be there. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think though, like what a blessing it is that you have that perspective of that though, because like if your worst case scenario comes true, you are still loved by the one who made you. Like you are still a child of God. Like you are still in his like hopeful promise that you will live into eternity with him. So like all of those things, like I think we think, oh my gosh, that's like, you know, you would say like, I would say that too. Like my husband is like my most cherished possession. Like if, you know, like the thing on earth that I love most. And if I were to lose that, like, am I going to lose everything? No, you're not losing everything. Like you are losing the thing that you can probably touch and feel physically here the most. 
but you have so much more in who Christ says you are and who he's made you to be. And what an awesome perspective that you have that. I had the same experience when I had my first child and he was like a few months old and I just had a few months of being super anxious. In the middle of the night, I would get up to feed him and couldn't go back to sleep for like the rest of the night. And I eventually like went to some counseling and talked to some people about it because I was like, I cannot get out of my mind. My mind was just like circling to like worst case scenario. I was like having these visions and thinking things and my head was just like racing through like worst case scenarios of my child. And obviously being a first time mom, there's like tons of anxiety, like written things around that. But I just remember I was like, I've got to get this under control. And now again, kind of like you confidently can say, no, I'm so thankful that like, I for sure love my kids like so, so much, but I am so thankful that God loves them even more than I do. And like, he has a plan for their lives and my life that I don't know all the details of. Yeah. And I think as we've gotten older, we've watched people like lose spouses and, you know, we've seen people walk through things that I would probably think would be worst case scenario. And to see them say like, no, I, you know, I just walked through the hardest thing I've ever walked through, but I have this like faith and connection with God that I just feel so peaceful and like, I'm fine. I'm still standing. It's like, I don't know, as you're sitting here, as you're driving, as you're listening to this, like, I hate to do this to you, but like think about that worst thing right now and feel how your body reacts. Like, how does that make you feel? I think it's a really good check for us all. And, you know, right now it's easy for Christian and I to say like we do feel that way, but there could be seasons where we feel a little bit less, I don't know, confident that we would be okay. And I think it's just so good because sometimes when you go to that worst case scenario, you realize it's like, well, I would still have to wake up the next day and be a mom to my daughter, or I would still have to be a wife to my husband. And like somehow people do it. It's like you do it. And I don't know, in a way that's morbidly comforting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. I think it, I think in a way it just humbles us to our rightful place of like, we're not in control. Mm, And in a little bit, that's like really helpful to be kind of just like grounded back to who we are instead of again, thinking like we have it all together. I think obviously Samantha and I are talking about really extreme examples right now of anxiety, but I think even like to the mundane tasks of even like organizing my day, I would say like, I am one who I really have to fight against anxiety about just like my schedule, not going to plan like that drives anxiety to me because I want to control that. And I think it's really important as we have this conversation again, in the most extreme way, like Samantha and I were talking, thinking worst case scenario, but also just in really mundane days and tasks in your week, like what are those things that drive a lot of anxiety for you? And it's really, really convicting for me to think about like, what are my responses to that anxious like feeling? Normally I am like not my best self. And for sure my husband gets the worst of me, but I am probably like pretty frustrating to be around. I'm very irritable. I'm really short tempered. I'm quick to say things that I don't mean. I'm disrespectful. Like all of these other things kind of follow when my head and my heart are not really like trusting and believing and they're actually like giving into this fear and anxiety in ways. And so I think that's like really good to think through. No, that's a really great point because I think, yes, we might tend to think about anxiety as being like a panic attack or feeling your heart race or just feeling like um, hard to get a full breath. But I think anxiety actually pops up in so many other ways that everyone around us first recognizes before we even recognize as anxiety. So even think through those things of like, okay, what might not display itself as actual, you know, I'm having a panic attack, I have anxiety, but like little ways that we try to cling to control or we get like quick tempered or frustrated when something doesn't go our 
our way. I think that's a really good point. And even in other small ways, I mean, I'll give an example. I just mentioned my husband's on a ski trip. I don't tend to be a fearful person. You can call me out if that's not true, Christian, but I like, I love true crime. I know that's annoying. Like, yeah, it's kind of weird, guys. I like, I don't find those things super scary. I'm just kind of like, oh, life, the world is really sick and twisted and scary, actually. But like, for some reason, it almost gives me like comfort. I don't know. That's really weird. But, anyways, I can listen to all these creepy true crime podcasts and I can say it like doesn't bother me. Well, I don't like to sleep alone. And so knowing my husband doesn't really travel much without me. And so knowing that I was going to have to sleep a couple of nights alone this week, the day before I started feeling like really not myself. And again, as someone who doesn't get super fearful, I was even getting frustrated. I'm like, oh my gosh, like pull your like big girl panties up, Samantha. You can stay alone in my like very secure neighborhood with like alarm system and all the things. I'm like, seriously, what's going to happen? But I had worked myself up about it so much leading up to that night, like really making myself feel sick about it. And isn't it crazy how like little thoughts like that just take such strongholds in our mind? And guess what? I got through the night. I really did struggle at some points, like going down really weird rabbit trails of like what could be happening, like hearing one sound and just like thinking the worst thing. But then the next morning I was like, that was so dumb. I'm literally fine. I enjoyed my night. I got to like read my book. But isn't that a good example of like how quickly our minds can go from like one place to a total different extreme? Yes, it's like so true. And I think we have to have ways to like stop that. I mean, I even think again, you guys were going to think we're crazy. But I even think of again crazy ways where I'm just like wrestling, you know, I'm like rushing around town. I'm like anxious because I'm late for an appointment. I'm anxious because I have like all these things to do. And that anxiety is just something that like is literally like taking over my mind and I can't think about anything. I'm not being a good mom. I'm probably hurrying through every relationship I have, probably being really short-tempered. And there's times that I find myself that I just like have to like be still and like take a breath. And it sounds so dumb, but I'm like, our brains can just take a hold of us and it can be like a whirlwind that we never thought that we'd think through. And it's so silly afterwards, but Guys, I'm a terrible friend. I was going to throw rocks at Samantha's window and freak her out the night that she lived alone. And she was like, in the most serious way I've ever seen Samantha, she was like, Christian, do not do that. No, but I, I was like dying laughing and I wanted to so bad. I just wanted to go to her house and like throw rocks at the window or like bang on the door really hard or something. That is actually <laughs> really messed up. And what's weird to me is like we really give each other a hard time and like I can take a lot and I can handle it. But when you said She's that crying, to guys. me, I got so angry inside that like oh. if like you would do that that's really messed up okay well then I realized you were actually serious and I was like I really okay this is actually scared. bothering I was really yeah, but scared but you don't get like that normally so I kind of thought it was just like I know you're not really that scared no, but then but- I changed did I do it no, because I, I would have actually it. stopped being your friend, I think. There you go, guys. Anyways, I didn't do it. Um, so kind of coming to the end of this, like, well, what do we do with this? Like, how do we battle anxiety in a practical way? And I hate to tell you this. I don't feel like it's an easy answer. No. I mean, I think the first thing that we can do is that, like, I think it's good. And I know our examples are maybe, like, morbid feeling or really, like, extreme seeming. Or maybe they're just, like, really silly to you. But I hope that this is kind of getting your all's minds a little bit thinking about how are you anxious, too. Because I think, in a way, it is comforting to know, like, we all do feel this anxiety. We do, you know, feel a sense of like we want that control we don't have. And I find it comforting to know that even in the way of like that the Bible speaks to it, like the world is not how it's supposed to be. And so in this way that like God knows that about us and that it is normal and 
probably like reasonable that in a way that we are anxious about these things because we live in a place that's not our forever home and we're we're here temporarily and it is not how it's supposed to be and so because of that we feel out of place and it feels hard and it feels sad but with that I think ultimately that means like even more so that we cling to the one who is like forever who is not changing who has all control and that is like essentially just like abiding with Jesus and knowing him intimately and learning more about him. Yeah. And I think it is just that daily abiding. It's almost like when we do go up to battle, it's not about turning around and like pulling out a weapon in our pocket in that moment. It's kind of like building up that relationship with God so that when you do feel like you're anxious or walk into, if we're using this like battle, like when the battle jumps onto you and you're, you know, just feeling like you're in the middle of it, you already have that armor versus like kind of being in the midst of it and being distant from God and really not knowing like how to come out of that. And so in a sad way, it's kind of like there's not really a lot of like practical things you can do. I mean, I think we all know actually with anxiety of like taking walks and yeah, just being still taking deep breaths. There's like actual things like that you can do to help your anxiety. But overall, I do think it is this sense of abiding in Jesus, like really relinquishing control of your life and believing that wholeheartedly, which is a daily, daily battle, letting go of the grasp of wanting your life to look like you want it to versus how God has it planned. And I think that's a beautiful picture of just the word abiding, meaning that you are choosing to walk into that relationship. No matter your feelings, you are like in a relationship that is like ongoing and constant. And I think that's a beautiful picture of like as cheesy as it sounds again and as like, you know, Christianese or like not to over spiritualize it, but to come to the place of like, maybe there are a lot of days where you are just going through the motions of reading God's word and praying or sitting still and waiting to listen to him because that's the only option you have in your heart and mind. And that's the only thing you can muster up to do. And so, yeah, maybe it does look like writing down those verses that are really encouraging and posting them in places that you find yourself to be really anxious. Or maybe it looks like when your friend says like, hey, can I pray with you? Not thinking that's silly, not thinking it's dumb, but just saying like, yeah, I would also like I would appreciate that and or that would be, be the awesome. friend to offer it too. Yeah. And so I think in those ways it doesn't sound like the flashy answer of like hey here are your 10 steps to fight anxiety and fear, but we think that that is the one answer and the most complete and fulfilling answer that we're going to get. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Bye.